Holy Spirit is saying some things that, to his church that we need to listen to and pay heed to, focus on. And he is now saying, as we are entering into a new era of Pentecost, that you are now moving into supernatural times of great turnarounds. Now we've got to hear this and hear what he's saying. We've got to think and spiritually deduce things, not from an emotional perspective, but a biblical one. A new era of Pentecost, as we saw last Sunday, has now begun. And outpourings of power from on high are now beginning to soak the ecclesia of Jesus Christ. And, and we're seeing or hearing great reports of that. We are also now going to see uh, the awesome turnarounds that have been prophesied. And now we will also see the confronting of evil. The overcoming of evil with good is a call to the ecclesia. And we are going to see days of hope and destiny for all people. Every race, every creed, every tribe and tongue, but we must, we must stay focused and we must contend for the faith. We cannot allow Goliath to control the narrative. Uh, Israel allowed Goliath to control the narrative until David come along and changed it. Dr. Martin Luther King in his letter from the Birmingham jail wrote concerning his disillusionment with organized religion and with the nominal church. Nominal simply means in name only. He wrote of that disillusionment stating that he must lift his eyes to the true ecclesia. He had come to the conclusion that nothing else was going to work. And he was absolutely right. He was way ahead of his times. Indeed, the church, we need the true church to rise for such a time as this. We need outpourings of the Holy Spirit that are now beginning to accelerate, to surge through the true ecclesia because our nation is in a mess, having experimented with godless ideologies, with sin, with demon doctrines, and it's not, uh, it's not very hard to, to see it. Every one of us can see it clearly. The infrastructures of God's principles have not been built into our children and into our society as they once were. In fact, our education systems now teach the opposite of what God says. For the most part, our education is filled with demon doctrine and with professors that teach it. And of course, uh, of course, the cost is now escalating. What a price our godlessness has caused us. The past couple of weeks we have watched as a young a black man, George Floyd, was murdered right in front of our eyes. And then rightful and justified and peaceful protest was then hijacked by those with that godless ideology 
and with the thinking of demons, to cause harm and mayhem, to divide and stir up hatred, to burn, to loot, to, to promote lies, to wound innocent, innocent bystanders, maybe kill a few, to harm police officers, the majority of which are good people, even kill a few. Dr. King, as he said, the right of peaceful protest is sacred. There should be outcry against injustice, no doubt about it. But Dr. King spoke to a deep, deeper issue than we typically think. He said it would take a true ecclesia, a true ecclesia to rise and declare truth, or there would never really be real freedom. The true ecclesia must rise to heal the soul of this nation. Let me give you an, an aerial view of the challenge that is facing the ecclesia in our times, but then speak to the promise of Holy Spirit outpourings that have now begun. As Dutch said last week, just as the second great awakening and its mighty revivals pulled us out of civil war in 1800s, so an even greater outpouring is going to do today. And I believe what has been meant for harm is now going to be supernaturally turned for good. Revival fires can burn, displacing fires of iniquity. Observing our times and praying, God help us. And mostly just praying in the spirit the last few days because I didn't really know how to pray. I began to see more clearly than ever and I could, I could feel the challenge in it. That injustice promoted by far too many in our government has muddied law and revealed a two-tiered justice system. One for the elite and one for the no good Walmart shoppers. One for the swamp, another for the deplorables. So where is the basis of fairness? We certainly don't see it in our Congress, at least not much. We mostly hear a war of words, verbal war that often shows contempt for God and his ways is spewed from our Congress in far too many occasions. We now have a few leaders who freely blaspheme God in his word, stating if Jesus were here, he would be for abortion or other sin they wish to justify. Indeed, many of our political leaders are well-known liars. And it's allowing a spirit of lawlessness to work in our land. And it is something the true ecclesia must confront, bind, and beat. Injustice and lawlessness has been smoldering for decades as sadly America began turning from the Lord under a liberal agenda or an antichrist agenda. That smoldering was fanned to flames, I believe, during the Judge Kavanaugh hearings. 
and the phony impeachment trial of President Trump. The so-called progressives showed us their hand. They sold out to lawlessness. And we saw, at least in some of our leaders, at least some of them are, are willing to lie to get what they want. They're willing to fabricate documents. At least some are willing to bring false witnesses, which is something our God despises. Some are willing to trample constitutional rights. They are willing to spy on Americans, listening in on their conversations. They're willing to use the FBI to level false charges or the IRS to intimidate and silence. They are willing to entrap and charge the innocent. Some of those who are in charge of our laws are lawless. We see in our Supreme Court and in our Supreme Court Justice, Chief Justice John Roberts, just this last few days, it is willing to say, your rights are not inalienable. We'll decide. We'll tell you when you can worship. We can tell you how many. We will tell you how many can worship. No. Our inalienable rights do not come from you. They come from our Creator, and they are equal rights. Equal. No race, no color. The media, charged with reporting and holding people to account, are twice dead and plucked up by the root hypocrites. They are the demon pharisaical accusers of our day in many cases. Complete lies are spun by Leviathan news. It's true, it's true, it's true. It's, it, it's true is the mantra of lawlessness to, come, to cover up the, the lies. Can there be any wonder that there's a truth vacuum in our nation and world? Is there any wonder good people don't know who to trust? I mean, they know what a lie is. They know what injustice is. They know what fair is and what fair is not. When an anti-Christ agenda is embraced and, pro and, and promoted by government, nas national or local, when education, the media, arts and entertainment promote it, a culture loses its way. Wrong mindsets pollute proper mindsets and the thinking becomes obscured by lies. When dialogue becomes my, my way or you're a racist, my way or you're a bigot, my way or you're a misogynist, when debate becomes character assassination, you've not only taken the wrong path, you're lost in the forest. When straw men are defended as real men, surmising becomes your truth and you believe a lie and deception becomes reality. When rage and violence are, are defended as a virtue, civilization crumbles and revolution builds. 
When anarchy controls your soul, your words will, will drip with distortion because chaos of, of soul promotes chaos in society. Oh, how we need a new era of Pentecost, a new outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Oh, how we need God to heal our souls and he is the only one that can. When humanity's conscience is polluted by truth distortions, actions are polluted and nonsense begins. Nonsense. Because truth is not a philosophy. Truth is not an ideology. Truth just is what it is. Our King Jesus says in his discourse on, on love and unity in John chapter 17, he said, God's word is truth. It's not going to become truth. It is truth. The Message Bible reads in John 17, 17, that Jesus prayed, Father, make them holy, consecrated with truth. Your word is consecrating truth. He also prayed in John 17, 21, that his people would be one. He prayed for unity. He prayed for love. He prayed for peace. See, there is no greater unifier than Jesus Christ and there is no greater divider than Lucifer. And that must be the conscious revelation and doctrine and speech of the true ecclesia. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me all, all, all who are weak and heavy laden, and I, I will give you rest. All, not yellow skin. Not brown skin, not red skin, not black skin, not white skin. All, it's colorless. It includes all races, kindreds, tribes, and tongues. Revelations 22, 17 says, whosoever will, whosoever will, come and drink of the waters of salvation freely whosoever. It's colorless. John three sixteen. whoever believes on me will not perish, but have everlasting life. Whoever. It's colorless. To me, America doesn't just have a racial problem that must be fixed by wise leadership. It has a sin problem. It has forsaken the word of truth. It has embraced the divisive rhetoric of demon doctrines. It has been allowed into our nation by feckless leaders in our government. And we must say it by a nominal church, a church in name only. And the true ecclesia must rise in our times and change that. I believe we're going to, and we're headed there right now. When, when the absolutes of God's foundational truth are obscured by demon mindsets, vision distorts, and prelaid traps snap closed to destroy. 
This discerning of our times is vital to understand, but it must be more than just discerning our times. First Chronicles 12, 32 says, the sons of Issachar had understanding of their times to know what God's people should do. New Living Translation says, they understood the signs of the times and knew what course the people of God should take. The Amplified Bible simply says they knew what they ought to do. So, let's discern some more times. A new Pentecost, a new era Pentecost, didn't just so happen to begin last Sunday. No, it was planned in a fullness of times. A new season of Holy Spirit outpourings on the New Testament church in a functioning kingdom called the kingdom of Christ was planned by the Godhead with meticulous details and it activated on time. Also, hell's kingdom didn't just so happen to go crazy this past week hijacking a just cause to cause rioting in the streets to try to break our focus. Lucifer must be going crazy and he's doing what he always does, kill, steal, destroy. Demon princes must be beside themselves. I mean, entire divisions of angel armies begin to move through the heavens towards earth this past week. Michael, the strongest angel God ever created and his cavalry division, the chariots of fire was one of those. Gabriel's division of revival and awakening angels was another one. Other angel princes and their angel armies made their move. The kingdom of darkness must be in absolute panic mode. The spirit of truth is beginning to fill the people of God and it will result in supernatural boldness. Holy Spirit is baptizing them in fire. He's baptizing in them again in power from heaven, greater than what happened at Pentecost in Acts 2. He's anointing them to do the same works Jesus did, even greater than he did. He's coming to breathe fresh breath, the breath of life into the airs. He's coming to breathe fresh revelation so they know what to do. He is anointing them to be Christ's voice on the earth in the midst of the pollution. He's anointing them to declare answers. He's anointing them to proclaim truth. The spirit of truth is beginning to surge through the people of God, anointing them with those answers. We're beginning to be anointed in this, we're, we're being anointed in this new era Pentecost to become the church Jesus defined in Matthew 16, 18, and 19. And please know we're gonna be. And we must stay focused on that we must understand, we must understand no matter what we see happening, 
Matthew 16 is going to happen. It's coming to pass and it's not going to be stopped. Our King Jesus says in Matthew 16, 18 and 19, on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The Amplified Bible reads on this rock, a huge rock like Gibraltar. I will build my church in the gates of hell. The powers of the infernal region will not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind, declare to be improper or unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven and whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. Message Bible. This is the rock on which I will put together my church. A church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is yes in heaven. A no on earth is no in heaven. I am hearing a challenging call of the Holy Spirit to his remnant ecclesia, the real church. And that challenge is to now deploy, to engage, to move, to bring definition and, and disciple nations, Matthew 28, 8, 19 says. To raise a standard of God's word without compromise and to begin to present a unified remnant body to provide principles, doctrines, truths that, that don't vacillate, wavering in political correct confusion. The true ecclesia will now find its voice empowered by the Holy Spirit to trumpet truth with anointed clarity and boldness. Because a part of this new era of Pentecost we are now experiencing is about pouring anointing from heaven on the voice of the ecclesia of Jesus, empowering it to declare truth and activate real freedom. This is the ecclesia, or this is the era when the ecclesia becomes the conscience of a nation, as God's word says, as Jesus said, and as has been prophesied. It's the era. The ecclesia becomes the conscience of the nations, not hell, not the media, not the education systems, not even governments, local, regional statewide or national. No, we are being baptized in replenishing anointings to control the narrative in the name of Jesus Christ and not back down. We're going to do it through prayer. We're going to do it through decrees of faith. We're going to do it through spiritual warfare 
and the assistance of, of God's angel armies and, and through our involvement in the natural realm as well. Because the true ecclesia Jesus defined is to be involved in government, not set it out. It's to be involved in government. It's to be involved in politics, in voting an issue up or down, in approving an individual or disapproving, forbidding some things and permitting some things, saying yes or saying no. The ecclesia in Jesus' day, and I've taught it for 15 years now, was a voting body. It's very easy to see. A little, just a little study shows it. They voted by upraised hands. It was a public voicing of what they thought on the issue. It was a public decision, public decision, not one done secretly. The ecclesia in Christ's days was involved in the seven mountains of society. They were not constrained by demon passivism. In fact, a true, as true freedom fighters in their times, they disdained passivism. And that's what Jesus meant by ecclesia, the church he would build. And you can't think he didn't know what he was saying. There's nothing timid or shy about it. An even casual study of, the word, of Christ's word for church used 113 times in the New Testament. Ecclesia reveals it's a ruling body. It's a ruling and reigning volunteer body that governs and decides the laws and the societal codes of conduct. Holy Spirit has now come and he's pouring out power from heaven to help the ecclesia in our times make a public stand and a spiritual stand, and it is both. And now finally around the, the world, there's a righteous remnant that understands and will do it. Now there are thousands of ecclesias everywhere. Now there are thousands of apostolic and prophetic places and hubs everywhere. Now the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Jesus is networked around the world. Now Holy Spirit has reset the minds of a passionate remnant to be who he said it was to be. They won't compromise. They won't quit. They won't run off and hide. They, they won't cower in fear. And he is anointing them, he said, with power to prevail. The promise of King Jesus in Matthew 16, 18 and 19 will now be dramatically revealed to the world. He's building a church. The gates of hell, the authority of hell will not prevail against. What part of that is hard to understand? It's pretty clear. A great aspect of this new era Pentecost is about pouring the anointing to prevail on Christ's church. That's now amping up presently on this planet. It may sound unusual to, to say it, 
But hear it with your spiritual ears for our times right now. You haven't seen anything yet. Hell hasn't seen anything yet. This world hasn't seen anything yet. Holy Spirit's coming in and upon and through believers as has never been seen before. And he's now going to reveal he's God with us. And he will now reveal also clearly he's God in us. The heirs and the joint heirs of Christ are being baptized in the presence and power of Almighty God. They are being baptized in the presence and power of Jesus the King. They're carriers of his authority. They're being filled with Holy Spirit. They're being filled with the Spirit of truth. The Spirit of truth is filling their mouth. And they're being soaked in the glory of the Lord to function in an unshakable kingdom and prevail. The word prevail is catascuo. Means to overpower, means to overwhelm, or it means to be strong, but it is a particle of negation, which simply means you take a positive statement, you turn it negative. So it means you have to put the word not in front of it, meaning this, not overpower, not overwhelm, not be strong enough. Please note the king says this, not, not one of the apostles. No, King Jesus himself says to hell's kingdom, you're not strong enough to overpower my ecclesia. You're not strong enough to overwhelm my church. You don't have what it takes to beat my people who move in my name. You don't have what it takes. You don't have the power. You don't have the ability to stop my heirs who use my authority. You fallen reprobate cherub. You don't have what it takes to stop the church I'm building. Your debased and defiled angel forces don't have what it takes to overpower mine. Riot, squirm, scream, plead. They don't, you don't have what it takes to beat them. You and your disgraced, illegitimate angels are branded as forever losers and you don't have what it takes. You don't have it. You're not strong enough and you never will be. My church will prevail. I'm pouring power from heaven on them to prevail. I'm giving them what it takes to beat you. I'm giving them what it takes to bind you. I'm giving them what it takes to bind your kingdom. I'm giving them power to do whatever I tell them to do and you won't stop them. You don't have what it takes to stop them. I'm giving them power, authority, angel armies and filling them with my spirit to declare and receive miraculous turnarounds. Their cities will turn around. Their regions will turn around. Their nations will turn around and you don't have what it takes to stop them. They're going to prevail. That anointing is coming now. Our King Jesus has declared, and I don't know why it's hard to see it, 
Maybe because of the demon doctrines, I don't know. But our King Jesus through his his apostles has declared. So there can be no, there is no doubt. He's coming for a glorious church, not a glory less one. What part of prevail don't we understand? Holy Spirit is now calling to a mindset he has been resetting for 25 or 30 years or so now. And now there's a remnant at least whose mindset is different than what the nominal church has been showing the world. And far too much was shown this past week from the nominal church. A different mindset is being shown from a remnant people and the ecclesia. See, we we don't think pablum Christianity. We don't think we're just barely gonna make it. We don't think darkness is gonna overwhelm us. We don't think Jesus better come quick or there won't be a church left standing. We don't think there's a big mean devil and we've got to go hide. We don't think there's a demon behind every bush. We don't think hell's attacking. Woe is me. We don't think the whole world's going to hell. We don't think there's no hope for our sons and daughters. We don't think hell's going to win and Jesus is going to lose and he better hurry and come back and rescue his weak, sick bride. We don't think Lucifer has a plan to destroy greater than Holy Spirit's plan to keep us free. We don't think we're going to lose this nation. We don't think demon doctrines. We think Jesus wins, hell loses, period. Period. We think you don't have what it takes to beat us. You don't have what it takes to beat us. He promised that and he'll make his word good. All over the world, there are people that now think that way. And Holy Spirit is pouring power from on high. Surging power, surging forth right now empowering them to make the stand. They're going to operate. They're going to function in, in Matthew 16, 18. There's an anointing of boldness to stand and use your authority that's now going to permeate the true church to declare miraculous turnarounds. Some of you are going to have such miraculous turnarounds that you're not going to be able to even say Uh, you're not going to be able to describe it in any other terms, just miraculous. It's coming on churches. It's coming on individual believers and anointing to stand and stand. Therefore, having done all to stand, stand, therefore is filling them. They won't run. They won't quit. They will aggressively rise in faith Trusting God. This mindset was made real to me 40 years ago. I haven't thought about this in quite a long time. Some of you old timers probably heard it, but 
I haven't thought about this in a while. I just got out of Bible school, came to Middletown, be a part of this, now the Oasis. 11 people. Been here one year and we bought a little chapel building, Winton Street, held about 100 if you squeezed them in. And we'd done pretty good. We were in two services, so now we got 200. But I began to experience spiritual warfare like I have never, I had never experienced up until that point. And I didn't know how to handle it, and I was having to learn how to handle that. There were, there were some people who Jezebel was using to undermine everything. And I began to think wrong. Maybe, began to think maybe pastoring a church just wasn't for me. Maybe this five-fold ministry thing is not for me. And I had a great job that, that, that I could go to, good salary. And uh, if I wanted it, I could have it. And the church at that time was paying us very little, no benefits, no insurance, and it looked enticing. I'd worked very hard to get it to that point, but I was the custodian, secretary, pastor, working 65, 70 hours a week, and I thought, I'm not sure this is what I want to do. I'm not sure this is what I should do. And I begin to think, I don't have to take this. I don't have to do this. And I'm not going to go into the detail. Just know church situations can be very brutal and unfair. And it wasn't fun. People who I thought were friends proved they weren't. Anyway, came to a head one day and I thought, I'll just quit. I'll just take this other job. I'll do it. But the idea of quitting irritates me. I can be very stubborn on that point. I played a lot of sports growing up, and, and I was taught winners don't quit. You, you, you can't quit. So quitting was bothering me. So I thought... I'll pray about this and let God tell me to quit. Then I can't have a better excuse. I'll do what most Christians do. God said it. Shuts down the conversation, doesn't it? And you, everybody knows God didn't say it, but they say they did. I'll just, I'll just let God tell me. I remember that day so clear. I was so empty inside. Uh, I was disillusioned by people, things, situations. I felt like one of Ezekiel's dry bones. I was in the boneyard. Well, decided I'd pray, and I went down and I locked the doors to that chapel building. And I went back up the stairs and I started praying. Now, you wouldn't, most of you would not know, but it was a small chapel. 
I think it had eight pews here, eight pews there. And why they were yellow, I don't know. <laughs> they were bright yellow. That's, that's what we was available when we had bought it. When I pray, I like to walk. And so I began to walk. I thought, I'll just pray. And I remember there was a, a clock on the back wall. And I looked at that clock and I thought, well, I'll just pray a while. And so I started walking and uh, I started praying. Now, I didn't know how to pray, so I just started praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues. And I remember walking and coming up that aisle and walking and coming up that aisle. I came around and I walked up that aisle and there's that clock and I noticed one hour has passed by. I've prayed in other tongues for one hour and I still felt so empty. There was no change. I felt so dry. I felt so, so empty. Just there was no feelings. I just, so I just thought, well, I'll keep praying. And I walked some over and I prayed in other tongues. And I came up that center aisle again. I looked at the clock and I came up on the second hour, two hours of praying in other tongues. And I remember stopping, looking at it and feeling nothing. Empty, dry as powder. I, I, I felt nothing. Not knowing what to do, I kept praying. Kept praying in the Holy Ghost. And I, I kept moving and and I came up and I started up that center aisle after the third hour. Three hours of praying in other tongues. And when I, I started up that aisle, I looked at that clock, three hours of praying in other tongues. And I felt so dry, so empty. I just quit. I just do something else. I'll, I'll take this job and... That's it. I don't know what else to do. But when I started up that aisle, a miraculous turnaround began to happen. The third hour as I started up that aisle, I suddenly was in a vision. I knew I was literally in the aisle of that small church, but it was so real. I could see it. It, it, was, it was such a vivid, vivid vision. And, and I was in an old Western town. I could see it as plain as I see you. I could see the boardwalks over here and storefronts. It was like it was, like it was real. I mean, after three hours of praying another tongue, this is what I get. And I'm standing in this old western town and I'm dressed like a cowboy, like, like John Wayne. That's exactly how I was dressed. And I, I had a six shooter on both hips. Like you see in the old gunfights on westerns on TV, a pistol on each, each hip. And I was standing in the middle of this dirt street, dressed this way, and I was standing there and I looked at the end of the street and I saw the devil, I saw Lucifer. 
He was dressed similar as I was, and he too had six shooters on his hips. And he started to walk at me. Again, I know I'm in the middle of this church, but this is so real. This is as real today as I'm standing here. He began to walk at me and I began to walk at him. And we walk like, like you see, you know, in a gunfight. And I, we got maybe, I don't know, 20, 25 feet or so away from each other. And I heard myself say, devil, this town ain't big enough for me and you both. And when I said that, I pulled both guns and I emptied them. I started blazing at him. He took off running down that dirt street and out behind some buildings. The message of Holy Spirit couldn't have been clearer. And I heard Holy Spirit say, son, I didn't put you here for the devil to run you out of town. I put you here to run him out of town. Now, use your weapons. Fire your guns. That mindset has stuck with me over the years. 41 since that day. In times of warfare that were a whole lot more difficult than that one. It's probably good I didn't know the battles I was going to be facing over those 41 years. But when they came, running was never an option. Never. Now, this mindset, this anointing to stand, this anointing of power from heaven is now being poured out. It's coming on pastors and leaders, the fivefold ministry, the saints, the heirs of God, the, the prophets and the apostles and all around the world, God's people empowered by the Holy Spirit are going to make a stand and turn things around. The true ecclesia is rising to confront evil with weapons of warfare that are not fleshy. They're mining through God to the tearing down of strongholds. Please hear me today. Some of you pastors, and many of you will be watching this, you always do. Some of you pastors, some of you apostles, some of you prophets and evangelists who are now engaged in spiritual battles. You are now in position to receive baptisms of power from on high. And it's gonna soak you. It's gonna empower you. It's gonna saturate you. It's gonna fill you. And you're, you're gonna make your stand. Some of you, the anointing of God's coming upon you so strong, it's going to startle the people. The boldness of your faith. You're not going to quit. You're not going to back down. Hear this from the Holy Spirit. This is your time infused with supernatural power to look the devil in the eye and say to him, this town ain't big enough for me and you both. 
You don't have what it takes to run me out of town. You don't have it takes. You don't have what it takes to beat us. You're not strong enough to run me off. Your warrior's heart is going to be revived by the fresh wind and breath of the Holy Ghost. And you're going to pull out your weapons and you're going to begin to fire them. And you're going to start to see miraculous turnarounds in your churches and in your cities. Saints of God, Ecclesia, hear what Holy Spirit says. This is your time. I'm filling you with power from on high. I am surging dunamis through you. Stand up in my strength. Look the devil in the eyes saying, you don't have what it takes to beat us. You're not strong enough to run us off. You're not big enough to cause us to run and hide. You're not, we're not leaving. You're not going to cause us to run. You're not, we're not going to bow. We're not bowing. You are. It's time for the supernatural season of turnarounds. And one of the biggest ones is in the people of God themselves and in the ministers of the gospel who have been besieged by hell. But a boldness is coming to look it in the eye and say, you ain't big enough to beat me. You don't have what it takes to run us off. You don't have, a, you don't have what it takes to have this nation. It's time for the supernatural season of turnarounds. It's time to confront evil. It's time to declare, this is my town. This is, this is my nation. You can't have it. You can't have it. You just, you can't have it. I'm not leaving, you are. It's time for the true ecclesia to stand Fire its weapons, declaring the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's time to say to our government, the Antichrist agendas of lawlessness, enough, you're lying and we know it. We will proclaim truth and we'll expose your lies. You will not, you will not rule over us, we forbid it. And you don't have, a, you don't have what it takes to stop us. You don't have enough laws to stop us. You don't have what it takes. You don't have the authority to stop us. You don't have the authority to tell us when we'll meet. You don't have the authority to tell us what we can say. You don't have it. We know it and we're not bowing. We're not budging. We're not budging. Hell's now going to see some on fire, passionate leaders of Christ Jesus. It's going to see some intercessors. It's going to see some heirs, some saints that it cannot intimidate anymore. They won't quit. They will stand and they will win. They will now face, hell will now face a kingdom ecclesia that knows <laughs> you're not strong enough. We will prevail. Change is coming. Change is coming.
Turnaround is coming. Revival's coming. Hell doesn't have what it takes to stop it. Awakening's coming. Hell can't stop it. It doesn't have what it takes, the king said. Supernatural turnaround's coming. Miracles are coming. Hell can't stop it. Stay focused. Make your stand. Yellow. Yellow skin. Red skin. Brown skin. Black skin. White skin. Inclusive ecclesia. Make your stand. And I'll give you anointing to prevail. Singers and musicians come. Um, would you stand please? Thank you, Lord. Lord, here we are, and we just put ourselves in receiving mode this day. Even, Lord, as I knew, I was literally standing in that little chapel. The reality of the spirit realm and what you were saying was far greater. And it changed everything. Today we are standing and we know the reality of the world we stand in. But, but the spirit realm of what you are saying is just giving us far greater information, revelation, and hope for miraculous turnarounds. And so we lift our eyes even as a pioneer some 53 or four years ago lifted his eyes from a Birmingham jail and said, I'm gonna to look to the true ecclesia to make a stand and turn things around. Lord, we stand today and say, here we are, pour it out. Pour anointing on our voice, our mouth to declare truth. That activates freedom, justice, real liberty, and heal this nation. Pray God for turnarounds. Oh, I have such a sense, Lord, as I was declaring that of leaders all around this world that has just been in battle after battle. Let this truth rise, God, and let it just surge hope. They're being anointed to prevail. Let the saints know it. It's time to deploy. It's time to deploy. It's time to engage. It's time to stop it. It's time to be who you say. It's time to be who you say, Lord. No matter our level in your kingdom, it's time to be who you say. 
seal that across this room and out through the media. Touch people's hearts now to arise for this time. Seal it inside of them as we, as we worship Lord.